Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we provide the internet with the life hacks they demand. I'm Matt Heron. I'm Jeff. I'm Louisa Heron. Did you guys get snow yesterday? It snowed here yesterday. A little bit, no. yeah. Just a little Weird. tiny bit. There was one hour where the um, my phone app for weather says it's going to snow this hour, and I watched out the window and it did not. It was weird because it was snowing here, but then I went grocery shopping, which is like 10 minutes south of me, and there was no snow at all when I got to the grocery store. Yeah. It's a bad winter. No snow. Well, I mean, there's still time, right? It's going to be like 65 degrees tomorrow. I don't think so. Yeah. It's been yo-yoing a lot lately, which is not ideal, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's getting ready to wrap, so it's going yo-yo-yo a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. Get it ready to wrap in like 1978. <laughs> Jeff is in a real uh, reaching for jokes mood today. I feel like today, I think that's what we today. all do. Okay, <laughs> we're a we're a joke struggle podcast more than anything else. That's true. Yeah, uh, that makes me think <laughs> of that struggle plates thing. Yeah, that was so like <laughs> yes. the idea that we would be the podcast version of that is very depressing. Struggle plates. Oh, do you yeah. know about this? It was a it was a popular thing on the internet like ten years ago where people would post quote unquote struggle plates that were just like extremely unappetizing plates of food oh. that they had received at restaurants or uh people's houses. Oh I see. So not like bachelor chow, <laughs> like a paper plate with a kind of unadorned no. hot well, dog in the middle of it. <laughs> I think Yes, possibly that, but more often it would be like a plate that's just full of all the same color food and side dishes mm. or like see yeah. I, I think it's one of those things where something is a trend and then you don't know what the definition of the word is because i would have said that it's not not something you'd get from a restaurant it's something you make yourself oh. and a lot of times people post it like well i didn't have much energy but look at this great meal i made and it's like chicken nuggets covered in cheese whiz or something so other oh, people man, would deem good. that to be a struggle plate <laughs> like no you tried really hard but that looks terrible <laughs> i do know there was a, a spike of doing it around thanksgiving where people were posting oh. like the, the dishes that they were served at other people's houses Okay, I guess mm, if you're yeah, if you're calling your family out for making you a struggle plate, that makes sense. Yes, oh, yeah, that's so mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, your family's not on Instagram or whatever. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, can you imagine if your family was on Instagram? That would be terrible. Yeah. I feel like people don't talk on Instagram anymore, though. So you could just kind of ignore people you actually know. Right? Uh, yeah, nobody talks on Instagram anymore. They're all just <laughs> looking at their phones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Back when I was on Instagram, you would follow people you knew and back they would post a picture day. of their cat and you'd say, Oh, your cat's so cute. Like there would be that level of interaction. Now everyone I know only follows like local restaurants and tattoo artists and nobody else. So they don't talk to anybody on Instagram. Now if you post your cat, everyone's just like, Where's your cat's only fans? <laughs> They're like, Where's the beef? They say, yeah. yep. where's the beef for this cat? Looking yeah. looking on a giant hamburger bun with their other mm-hmm. old lady friends. Oh, I bet if you posted a picture of a cat sitting on a hamburger bun, that'd be pretty cute. Like Ooh. a giant hamburger bun Ooh. and the cat's the patty. <laughs> patty. <laughs> that yeah. would be cute. That would be a I was really gonna big say, sandwich for my cat, though. I was going to say that would be hard to stage, but if you got a big, warm loaf of bread and cut it open, mm-hmm. your cat would choose to sit on there. It's true. <laughs> I Honestly, yeah. if I just put 
something in the middle of the floor, the cat will climb onto it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So you need to be doing this, Jeff. Mm, yeah, I guess so. I just don't want to. <laughs> yeah, that's This is why I think I might never be able to have a cat, is because the thing that bothers me the most is when I'm working on something and someone else comes up and they're like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> and it's like 100% all a cat is. Yeah. That's the main thing about cats, that's true. <laughs> Can I yeah. touch the stuff that you're touching? I want to touch yeah. it also. <laughs> Yesterday I was taking... Um, as part of our, like, fixing up this house that we moved into, we've been undoing the, like, cheap, uh, as-seen-on-TV <laughs> life, quote-unquote, improvements that the previous elderly tenants had done. Uh-huh. So they'd put some very horrible cabinets up in the laundry room that had, like, rubberized shelving in it. They were just awful. So I was taking them off the wall yesterday, and at one point I had, like, one foot on a ladder and one knee on a washing machine as I was pulling this giant thing off, and it it popped into my head, like, if I had a pet, I would die here. <laughs> my pet would come and sniff me and knock me off this thing, and I would be dead. <laughs> yeah. That's a powerful uh, And everyone sniff. would assume it was a suicide. <laughs> it was a yeah. washing machine related to suicide. Yeah, he got crushed by these terrible cabinets. <laughs> yeah. He got uh, that's the modern fall the of the House of Usher. Yep. What is uh, what is the fall of the House of Usher about? <laughs> uh, it's one of those. It's not Poe, but it's like Poe in that it has no plot. In that mm-hmm. uh, the narrator is just a you know some everyman who comes to visit this po. huge mansion, and in this mansion there's an elderly man who. Says he and in this man, there's a cat, <laughs> yeah. and in this cat, there's 30 wives. <laughs> uh, this elderly man says his sister just died, I think, and he's the last of the line. So when he dies, his whole house, which is already falling apart, is going to completely fall apart. But then his sister bursts in, because it turns out she's not dead. They were going to, like, bury her, but she was still alive or something. Spoilers. So then she kills her brother, and he kills her, and the house entirely falls down. And the house is, like, falling into a hole or something? Yeah. Yeah. Good news, uh, Jeff. It is Edgar the- Allan Poe, also. Oh, is it? Yeah. Huh. It's- Good news for you, Jeff, is that the people who made modern audiences understand what um, The Turn of the Screw and House on Haunted Hill nope. uh, is about. Haunting of Hill House. Make- Haunting of Hill House, that's what I meant, um, are making a-, a Fall of the House of Usher series next. So I have heard soon this. we will understand what the plot of this book is. Oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> Yeah, it's I also like not that different from the movie Crimson Peak, except Crimson Peak added some level of plot to it as well. And a little bit of face well, stabbing. And, <laughs> and the Turn of the Screw series uh, <laughs> was more of like a pastiche of all of... Was it William Henry Blake? James. That Henry James. All of Henry James's stories, because they had like references to all of his other stuff in it. So I'm really hoping this one is going to be like just a Poe postiche. Is that anything? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch that um, uh, uh, Pale Blue Eye? I have that sitting on my Plex, but I haven't watched it, no. Is that is that a, a um, Telltale Heart thing? No, it's a mystery, but it's one of those reimagining history in a weird way ones where Poe is a character in it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was so- fine. It, the plot is not great, but it was fine. I like the idea of making weird mystery movies for no reason. Yeah. I um 
I am a little bit annoyed at how much of the Telltale Heart is about that old man's eye and not his heart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But anyway, I'm hoping that there's like a Telltale Heart part. I'm hoping there's a raven that's a wacky sidekick character. Mm-hmm. Be- oh, who do I want to voice the raven? Uh, is saying um, Patton Oswalt to On the Nose. Mm, yes. I was going to say Seth Rogen, so... No, it's not too on the nose because mine Patton is worse. Oswalt did the voice of the Raven in Sandman. That was the joke. I oh, I see. Yeah, I was gonna say John DiMaggio. Oh, that's oh, pretty good. Be fun. Billy West. <laughs> yeah, It'd probably be the. But friggin- Billy West doing Bugs Bunny. <laughs> if it's if it's Mike Flanagan, it's just gonna be the friggin' guy who played the kid in ET. <coughs> yeah. Oh, Patrick yeah. Warburton is that a good idea? Always. Yeah. Love yeah. to see him get work. Yeah, he's a great voice actor. He's a better voice actor than he is actor. That's yeah. my hot take. He's very well, low energy. Is that good for a raven? I guess so. Crows are more. It like is if angry. the raven's just saying nevermore all the time. Yeah, it's true. That would be really funny to hire someone like a famous voice actor to just say nevermore once and then loop it through the whole <laughs> per, like appearance. Uh, I guess that is uh I guess Marvel kind of already did that gag by having Vin Diesel do the voice of Groot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> Matt, what you do this week? So this week I have been um trying to get into chocolate making. Mhm. Um I started just in I, time for Valentine's Day. Yeah, well, I started thinking about it because I always get my wife a box of her favorite chocolates for Valentine's Day. And then I was like, I don't really have a favorite chocolates box. Mm -hmm. And I want, I do like chocolates, but most of the boxes that I, you can get have like a bunch of shit in there that's not good. Like coconut (laughs) is bad. No, it's good. You're wrong. Yeah, coconut's not good. And those ones that are like hard toffee or whatever aren't, aren't great. Um, so I was like, I bet I could learn to make chocolates. And you guys, I bet wrong. Oh, <laughs> it's no! so fucking hard. Oh, wow. <laughs> What's hard um, about it? I, well, so yesterday I, so I had gotten, I was reading a book about it. My wife got me a book on chocolate making and I was reading it and trying to follow the steps. Step one was to get a bunch of samples of different chocolates to like taste test them to see what the differences are and think about how you would pair those flavors with fillings. So I did that. And then step two was to practice tempering the chocolate. And that's what I tried to do yesterday. Yeah. I've and tried that. It's, it's terrible. so hard. I warmed up the chocolate to the right temperature, and then I seeded the chocolate in where you, you take some finely chopped chocolate and you stir it in until it comes back down to the right temperature. Mm. But way before it got to the right temperature it just seized up into a big block of hard chocolate yeah i couldn't keep stirring it what the fuck yeah what everything's bad if you get like the slightest hint of moisture in there that'll fuck it up yeah i know uh it was so annoying and i was just like i don't even know what part i did wrong Mm -hmm. is my thermometer bad (laughs) like (laughs) yeah i just don't know so that was very frustrating, um, and I'm going to maybe try it again, but it, it really took the wind out of my sails. The other thing is I got a a cheap chocolate mold online mm-hmm. so that I could uh, practice like actually making the chocolates if I ever get the temper thing right. Um, they're 
they're these polycarbonate molds that are just little divots that you fill with chocolate and filling. Mm-hmm. And I <laughs> ordered them. I, I read about them on in my book, and it was saying that the way that the polycarbonate works. If you ever even just put your finger in one, your fingerprint will show up on chocolates that you make in it pretty much forever afterwards. Awesome. Not weird. And if you <laughs> if you scratch it, then it's just ruined. I got this box with this mold. I pulled the mold out, and the very first thing I did was like, ooh, I almost put my finger right in it. Like, it's so tempting to put your finger in that little divot. <laughs> to the point that I I resisted it, I put the thing away, and then later on, Jen came down, and she was like, oh, what's this? And she opened the box and saw the things, and was about to put her finger in when I was like, no! Yeah. What, you don't oh, want what? your fingerprint on all your chocolates as, like, your signature? No, no. no I don't. My question is, why don't you use a silicon mold, which will let you do whatever you want to it? Apparently, silicon molds are not as good for chocolate making because the idea is that as the chocolate crystallizes, it retracts, pulling away from the mold. And so when you drop them out, they have a very shiny finish. But silicone, because it is movable, when the chocolate retracts, it moves in with the chocolate, and so it doesn't allow it to get a shiny finish. Hmm. Huh. I don't know about that. I haven't tried it. I believe you. But that's surprising to me, because it does give a shiny finish to any clays or resins or things that you put into it. Yes. Apparently, it works differently for chocolate because of hmm. the crystal structure, which I don't really understand. But again, I'm just going off of this book that was made by the guy who's the head of chocolate at the Cordon Bleu, so I believe him. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. All right, know. that's a shame. I mean, you can do it with silicone as well, I'm sure, but he said you're gonna, it's going to be easier and you're going to get the best results if you use a polycarbonate mold. Also, you can use one of those metal scrapers to, like, even off the bottoms of them. Yes! I love which that. Which is very helpful, and you can't do that with a silicone one because you'll scratch up your silicone. Mm. Yeah, I get a lot of my silicone molds from the dollar store, so I'm fine for that. <laughs> yeah, I do that when I make gummy candies. I use mm-hmm. the silicone molds that you can get at, like, Michael's for a dollar. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've got so many good ones. I've got unicorns. I've got little fruits. It's so good. Mm, that's good. It's fun to have all different shapes so you can be like, what vibe do I want these gummies to have, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I get your feeling about this because, uh, this week was Mardi Gras and I made donuts for Mardi Gras. And it's one of those things where you're making something you know you're going to like, but it's incredibly complicated. And then at the end, you realize why people just go and buy it from a store instead of making it themselves. Yeah. Yeah, And it's frustrating because... It's like the opposite of the experience I had when I first started learning to, like, cook. Mm-hmm. Where when you learn to make steaks for the first time, you're like, oh my god, it was this easy all along, and yeah. I could make them better than at a restaurant at home anytime I want. Yep. The exact opposite, where, like, I'm now at, at the point where I think I can eventually learn to make chocolates, and if I work very hard and practice a lot... After several months, I will be able to make ones that are very much worse than the ones that I could buy at the store for very cheap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Making these donuts, I was like, they sell donuts better than this for 65 cents. What yeah. am I doing? <laughs> oh, it's very disheartening. Yeah. Also, I tried to figure out how to make a good fruit uh, cream filling, mm-hmm. and the results were not encouraging. Oh, that's a shame. I tried 
uh, eight different preparations and tasted them, and guys, they were all bad. Nah. I tried heavy cream as the base, I tried condensed milk as the base, I tried uh, using freeze-dried raspberries pulverized as the flavoring, mm-hmm. I tried using artificial raspberry fl- flavoring, I tried using natural raspberry flavoring, I tried using puree of raspberry in with the base to make it taste like raspberry. They all sucked. I just don't know what I'm doing. I don't know why it doesn't work. Yeah, Ugh. that's a shame. <clears throat> I think the best the best one I got was condensed milk base with a little bit of powdered sugar and pureed raspberries. Mm-hmm. That was passable, but it still wasn't great. It's still not as good as the, like, I'm sure extremely artificial, goopy centers of, like, a quality street chocolate. Yeah. Although, street see- chocolate. <laughs> no, that's a no good definitely. phrase. <laughs> um, the C's candy, uh, which is a yes. famous California candy company, which I, I really love their chocolates. They, I think they use all natural flavors. Anyway, their raspberry one is definitely natural, and whatever they're doing is amazing. But see, yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. Whatever they're doing, I yeah. spent at least 60 hours on the internet trying to just figure out what the name of the thing they put in it is, and no one knows! It's a secret. Trade secret. This is one of those tough cooking projects where you know the good results are possible, so it's like a gambling thing where maybe the next recipe is going to be the one that wins. Yeah. All of the websites of all of these chocolatiers just say filled with strawberry cream, but Mm -hmm. spelled C-R-E-M-E, and... That's nothing. That's not even a substance known to man. Yeah. You can't find a recipe for it. No one's even tried to make it. What the <laughs> fuck is it? This is where you start a, a campaign to renovate the FDA so they'll finally tell you what's inside those chocolates. <laughs> yeah, I just don't, like, it's wild to me that there's not people online being, like, doing the same thing I'm doing. Trying to replicate this, sharing information until we get it right. It just doesn't exist anywhere. I found one post on one recipe blog. Sorry, we're getting into, we're overlapping with Louisa's other podcast here a little bit. <laughs> That's but, right. That's fine. Uh, there was one post on one recipe blog that was like, hey, I want to make chocolates and I've been making all of these recipes from all these different books and stuff, but nowhere is there a recipe for just the normal fruit creams. Does anyone have any advice on how to do that? To be clear, I want to make the like fondant cream runny cream in the middle thing i don't want to make just a fruit paste i don't want to make like a hard fruit filling or a buttercream fruit filling and then literally six pages of results i looked through all of them every post was i just use a fruit pate oh i just make fruit buttercream that's not what they asked (laughs) yeah they don't want that i don't want that no one wants that we know how to make fucking buttercream (laughs) this is there's a weird thing sometimes where you're like, why can't I make something good as good as this restaurant thing? Because these homemade recipes are all bad. And, like, mm. no one will admit that they're bad. Like, Toll House cookies. That's not a good chocolate chip cookie recipe. But right. any home cook is just going to tell you about that or some shitty variation on that. And it took me years to find out that there are good recipes like you would get at a bakery where it's a really attractive and good tasting chocolate chip cookie but like fucking eh, no one will acknowledge that it's you feel insane yes the thing that's wild is when you then put the effort in to make 
the chocolate chip cookie recipe that you know is far superior, and then other people will be like, oh yeah, these are pretty much the same as the ones I made. Yeah, they're not. They're not the same. <laughs> Yours are weird, cakey garbage. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Nobody knows. Any review of a restaurant is like, wow, this place is amazing. And it's like, it's not amazing. You're just kind of a dummy. Yeah, uh, I wish that I could figure out how to become a restaurant reviewer because, man, I feel like I would be good at it. Yeah, you'd rip him, rip him a new one. <laughs> you'd be a real ratatouille guy. Yeah, but I wouldn't have a revelation at the end about how great my childhood was because my childhood wasn't great. So checkmate, yeah, ratatouille. Yeah. You'd go to a restaurant and uh, eat, like, boiled beef and mm-hmm. flash back to your childhood and be like, oh, yeah. I hate this. Negative review. <laughs> yeah. Did a rat cook oh, this? I'm shutting you down. <laughs> this sent me right back to my childhood and made me hate it even more. Yep. The only oh, British man. food I could think of was boiled beef. I'm sorry. No, that's no, a good one. You're not wrong. <laughs> I still can't believe people make boiled chicken. Well, poached chicken isn't so bad for, like, um, chicken so salad. Bad. It's so you bad. Don't like, You're wrong. You don't like chicken salad, though. Nope. So there's that, first of all. Second of all, you gotta poach chicken in a uh, broth, which has, like, yep. soy sauce and garlic and things in it, so it flavors the chicken. I would never I mean, poach chicken. You're... I would only obtain it legally. Oh, okay. <laughs> the only poaching that you should be done in water is for eggs, and even then... Is it the best way to make eggs? Not usually. I do like a poached egg every once in a while, though. Yeah, but I like a soft-boiled egg better, which gives you a lot of the same texture of an egg, but it looks so pretty because it's in that nice, smooth shell shape. See, but here's the thing, is that I often like to make a poached egg as, like, a topper for something, like rice or a biscuit or whatever, Mm -hmm. and if you make a soft-boiled egg, you can't put it on top of Ah. something, it'll just roll right off. No, you can. You put it on top, and then you smash it with a fork like it's a fruit gusher. Ew, no. (laughs) It's very good. No, you have to cook eggs until uh, there's no goo left. It has to all be (laughs) solid. No, you're wrong. Soft, soft yolk is one of the joys of an egg. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. I also want to yeah. ask Jeff, how do you feel about deviled eggs? If you cook it till it's hard and then re-soften it, is that okay? I don't like mustard, so I already don't like deviled eggs. I've never put I mustard, never put in, my mustard in my deviled eggs because that's just, that's that's you admitting that, you, that the flavors that you've incorporated aren't good enough and you have to cover them up with mustard. I think that's a fairly standard thing to add to the yolk, right? I think it can be, but I have It's not. like the German way of doing it instead of the French way of doing it, I think. Yeah. So, so in certain spheres it is standard, but I there's also a lot of recipes that don't have mustard. There's nothing I can do to tell the difference between them if I see a deviled egg. Yeah. That's so. true. Mm-hmm. That's why you just gotta make your own and never trust anyone else's. <laughs> yeah, I've never tried sure. Louise's deviled eggs because I can't <laughs> trust her. But I did everything right! Yeah, but you're gonna put horseradish or some garbage in there, I know you. Horseradish is good, but I would not serve that You are wrong! See, but I wouldn't serve it to other people that way. You know what I like, though? You know what I like instead of paprika on top? I'm into smoked paprika now, and that is fucking great. Nice. (laughs) You roll up some paprika in a paper and you smoke it like a jazz musician? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. It's it's getting real spicy in here, I say, as I get high. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to imagine... Let's take this dog for a walk, you say, with your pa- paprika cigarette hanging out of your mouth <laughs> as you strum down your standing bass. Yeah. Uh, That's how I you wanted... grate those egg yolks. You push them through the bass strings. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> we call those sky eggs. Mm-hmm. That's why they call her Louisa Eggfingers. Yeah. That's her jazz nickname. Yep. Skags, is that better or worse? Yolk Fingers? Skags is, is pretty good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, Wait, what's the ska part? Ska eggs? Skags. Yeah. Ska? Yeah. yeah Jeff, you guys Jeff, know that ska's different Jeff from Jeff already said jazz. ska eggs. This is I established. I understand that, but ska is not the same thing as jazz. Yeah, I didn't say it was. Okay, well. What if... <clears throat> La La Land had been about ska instead of jazz. Oh. That would have been better, right? I don't know. Yeah, I didn't see La La Land. It's not very That's good. Uh, it certainly would have been less racially uh, controversial if it had been about ska instead. There's a lot of racism in ska, oh, yeah, too, unfortunately. For sure. But I feel like seeing uh, a couple of white people dance to some ska, you'd be like, yeah, that seems about right. Yeah. How can yeah, they fall be... in love when their arms are flailing around so wildly? <laughs> mm-hmm. It, it would turn it into a tragedy no matter what else happened in the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've never seen it. Uh, all right, Louisa, what have you been up to this week? Yeah, um, <laughs> like I said, I made donuts. That turned out fine. Way more of a work than it was worth. But I also, this week, uh, I bought a new computer. Mm. Which is supposed to be an exciting time in someone's life, but it's not. <laughs> Are I, we speaking to the new computer now? No, because here's the oh, thing. Okay. Bought the new computer. It's uh, last year's model because it was a little bit cheaper. That's fine. I've never needed the latest of anything. That seems like a huge waste of money to me. So, great computer, new, fine, great, wonderful. But I didn't realize computers now don't have USB ports anymore. Mm, yeah, that'll don't do they? it. It's got, quote unquote, Thunderbolt ports, which I believe are the same oh, as... Because of the Mac. It's a yeah. USB-C. I I, yeah, there are USB-C. I just USB-Cs. got a new laptop, like, six months ago, and it has, like, 11 USB ports. <laughs> so it's got USB-Cs. Didn't realize that was going to happen, so that means I can't plug my microphone into it, so I had to order some of those old dongles, so they're going to yeah. arrive this week. But, man, it is... Like with a new phone, it's frustrating to open it up and be like, oh, I have to redo all the things that I normally do just to have them ready now. It's interesting to me that you are such an Apple stan, and yet you also don't like having the latest thing, because Apple is the most aggressive company out there about forcing you to have the latest thing. Like, not including backwards compatibility of USB-A ports on their computers. Apple stan sounds like the name of a guy who lives in your (laughs) town that's always handing out apples. Yeah, it does sound right. Great. Super, super great a contribution there. Thank you. <laughs> no, welcome. it sounds like a Stardew Valley guy. Yeah. <laughs> Apple Stan. You're and you have to get a Apple on Stan on this run through. <laughs> Wasn't there a character in Earthbound called Apple Stan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's one of the boss fights. Mm-hmm. <sighs> uh, so... I couldn't remember the name of Clint, I think, from Stardew Valley, so I called him that bum who lives outside. It's he looks like a caveman <laughs> more than a bum. <laughs> Does he? He wears, like, a leopard skin for some reason. 
Because that's what people throw away in the town of Stardew Valley, I guess. <laughs> I guess. He's great, though. He's always everyone's first best friend, because he's the only person you can get to after nighttime to give him gifts. Yeah. Wow, thank you for this garbage. <laughs> yeah, he loves everything. He loves garbage. Same. Maybe he's uh, upholstered his clothing and his life with uh, discarded 70s things. Like, maybe well, he lives to, underneath a drained waterbed, perhaps? Not to get too deep into Stardew Valley lore, but you find out that he and the mayor were the founders of the city of Stardew oh, Valley. No. And, then the, and he was lovers. like, hey, mayor, instead of being capitalist, we should be socialists. And then the, the mayor boxed him out, and that's how he lost his fortunes. He also likes living outside. I think that's part of it. Hmm. Yeah. Right. He, he wanted it to be like a socialist utopia and the mayor was like no it has to be it has to be a capitalist trade economy. Mm. I'm going to do a kill, I'm going to do Mega a killing the mayor run. Yeah, Jojo Mart is <laughs> Jojo Mart. Okay. Yeah. But it, it doesn't really matter, right? Like a stand in for the idea of yep. capitalism. Yep. Oh, what we're we talking about? Oh, computers. So I can play Stardew Valley now, I guess, because I was afraid yeah. to ever install that on my old computer. <laughs> you definitely should. It's the best game, and you will love it. You specifically, Louisa, will love it's it. It's 750 Maybe. on Switch. You could have just gotten it on Switch, too. I really want to play it's... Roller Coaster Tycoon again, but I don't think Ooh. that's available. It is. I don't think that's available for Max. Oh. It is. Worst case scenario, mm. you can get... Someone has... Uh, Recreated Roller Coaster Tycoon, but open source. Um, hmm. Open Open RCT is what you want to look for, and it's just Roller Coaster Tycoon Two, but with the branding removed. Well, maybe, yeah, Two's the good one because the original Roller Coaster Tycoon, no matter what you did, after like six months of in-game time, all the people would just leave your park and never come back. <laughs> like, I think that was a bug, but I don't think they ever fixed it. Ooh, maybe it was like a piracy prevention measure. Did you pirate it? No. Oh. <laughs> I like that as, I like when the piracy, pre like, prevention in a game is, uh, you just lose very quickly and don't understand why. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I guess. Game, it's pretty game, frustrating, though. Game Dev Tycoon, if you pirate it, uh, it activates, like, a thing where your game dev studio loses money and shuts down because too many people pirate your game. <laughs> That's pretty clever. <laughs> Uh, I do think that that is funny because that was just a feature in games before that, where, like, mm -hmm. you would be playing SimCity and then all of a sudden Godzilla would show up and you didn't know why or how to stop him. Yeah. yeah. That's still, well, that's it wasn't still anything feature. to do with piracy, it was just there. <laughs> there's the good stuff where it's a feature like that, but then there's the stuff like I'm talking about, which is that there was no, like, internet way to patch a game, so I think something in the game wasn't calibrated right, so people would just leave your park and never come back no matter what you built and what exciting new things, like, you couldn't attract them back. <laughs> so, like, there was no way to fix that for a long time. I do think it's very funny how many games, when we were slightly younger people, would come out and then have just game-ending bugs in them that <laughs> yeah. no one caught somehow? Yeah... I mean, I guess that still happens where, like, Cyberpunk came out and then everyone was like, you forgot to put good graphics in it, you guys. <laughs> well, you see those funny bug fixes now where they're like, uh, updates, bug fixes. Uh, we fixed that bug where everyone in your park would just uncontrollably throw up until they died. We got rid of that bug. <laughs> like, is that still happening? I guess so. 
<laughs> I, it's it's fun because like now you can push a patch back in like you know before the internet. If a game was broken, it was just broken. Yeah, you had to mail out CDs like AOL. Yeah, there's I saw a- someone say the other day on social media. Like, do you remember how much time as a kid and as, as a teen you'd do you'd Go to the store, you'd buy a game in a box, you'd come at home and install all the discs, and half the time, just wouldn't work for some reason, and you'd have to go return yep. that game. That was fucked up. I yeah. genuinely think that that's how I became an IT professional as an adult. <laughs> like, figure, trying to figure out how to get shitty third-party Japanese games to work on my PC took hundreds of hours of, like researching, reinstalling, st- working in safe mode, opening the command prompts, etc. Like, all of that stuff I originally learned because I was trying to install the Sailor Moon fighting game that a friend gave me on a floppy disk in elementary school on my PC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So, this new computer will be good, but right now I'm like, uh, changes. I hate it. But yeah. I do like that... Um, the old MacBook Pro I've been using, which is over 10 years old, is a 15-inch screen, which I don't think they make anymore. Now they have 14 or 16-inch. And mm-hmm. I got 14, because I don't care. And it's like three inches smaller. It's not just one, because yeah. the old one has a three-quarter inch black bar all the way around the size, because that's just how... Mm-hmm. That was as good as screen technology could be then, and now yeah. it fills up the whole screen of the screen. So... Mm. And it weighs like half as much. It's pretty great. I still think that you are secretly a PC user in a Mac user world <laughs> because you hate all of these things that are being forced on you. And you don't have to have them forced on you if you can get over the fact that Mac is a bad company that makes bad products. Yeah, yeah. I am ignoring all of this always because <laughs> the thing about a Mac is it's a standard system and a lot of people use it. So when there's a problem, mm-hmm. somebody fixes it. Yeah. That's always true. When there's a problem with your PC, people are like, huh, I guess uh, that just doesn't work anymore. Tough shit. I like, reject the Nobody dichotomy. will help you. I reject the yeah, dichotomy between true. Mac and PC. PC stands for personal computer. Macs are also those. Yeah. Uh-huh. Jeff is, Jeff is a Linux user for life. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I mean, I use Windows. Jeff. I just find it more useful to specify the OS. That's weird branding that Mac managed to be like, no, we don't make PCs. It's like HBO saying, oh, it's not TV, it's HBO. <laughs> Come All on. Right. Well, whatever the word is that you use for the distinction, the problem is that Apple hardware is just, like, designed to be hard to use so that you have to use only theirs forever. No, I don't think that's true. It's just designed to be a closed the li- system. The yeah. lightning port... The lightning port was explicitly, they said in their design documents, designed to make it harder to use with other products. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's not, like, harder to use their computers, is what I'm saying. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, but when they release a new feature, they immediately cut out the old feature entirely. So when you get a new computer and it just doesn't have USB-A ports anymore, their answer is, buy all new shit. You can't use your old shit anymore. Yeah, I mean, that's always going to happen eventually for every type of computer thing. I don't think that's true. P- like, Windows laptops that I've used my entire life have had USB-A ports, even though they're very bad and obsolete. I still have, <laughs> like, six of them on my computer. Yeah, but eventually they will go away. Like, we know this. Maybe. Yeah. If they 
I feel like it's coming soon now that we've finally gotten to the point where there is a universal standard. Yeah. Uh, like, we settled on the form factor for USB-C, and now USB-4 follows that form factor, and uh, Thunderbolt yeah. follows that form factor and all that. I this might be too complicated, but I really wish the standard it doesn't it doesn't have to be a lightning cable, but I wish it was shaped like that where you can't get like dirt and debris into the port because that's it's very convenient that way. But then the thing that it goes into can get dirt and debris in it is the problem. Well, I guess so, but a lightning cable is like one solid piece and then it goes into just a solid cup, which you can scrape out with a toothpick if you have to. They should make it get really, really hot so it just turns all of the debris into a vapor. Mm, yeah, that is that, an idea. That isn't at all a fire hazard. <laughs> no, it's not. It sounds like a good idea. It I'm does sound so like a smart. good idea, I'm right. smart for saying it. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's kind of exciting to learn... Mm, it's not exciting to learn new things. I'm lying. <laughs> yes, it is. It's the best. That's, I but love. It's... I've been thinking about getting a new phone, even though I don't need one, just because I I miss learning a new gizmo. <laughs> yeah, but it is exciting to have uh, things that are measurably better, like measurably better graphics, a uh, smaller computer, yeah. lighter weight. Like that's all very nice. So I'm dealing with that. Once Good. I get my fucking dongles, I'll be able to connect everything up properly and uh, uh, transfer everything older, over from my old computer. I got a little memory stick to do that, so we'll see. I'm really surprised that more things haven't already switched over to USB-C charging, even if they're, like, for instance, I was trying to get new wireless headphones a little while ago, <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't want to have to carry a USB, like a micro USB cable when I travel, I want to be able to use my USB-C cable to charge everything. Yeah. So let me find wireless headphones that charge with USB-C. There's like one. <laughs> Everyone's still using that fucking terrible micro USB technology from a billion years ago. I thought micro USB and USB-C were the same. What's micro no. USB then? Micro USB no, is the micro one USB before. Is that weird. It's like that keystone-shaped little thing that you used to use to charge like phones is, back in the old days. Is it the same size as USB-C? It's, it's a little smaller and it's like a thin trapezoid instead of an oval. Yeah, but it's like... Oh yeah, I do have some of those. And it like takes eight times as long to charge things because it can only carry like 1.4 amps or something. Yeah. I kind of hate that electronics like my little uh, white noise machine, which has recently stopped working. Uh Electronics kind of outsource all their electrical needs to you. Like, this is a burden on you now. They don't have plugs that you get it out of the box and you plug it into the wall. It's like, here's a very small cable that ends in a USB. You figure out the rest. It's like, okay, great. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I do. Sometimes, as I'm, as I said, we're like working on refurbishing this home that we are living in now. And I keep on thinking, should I get those outlet plates that have oh yeah usb charging ports on it but they're all usb a and is that going to be obsolete in three years mm, am i yeah. going to look as foolish as these old people that we bought the house from <laughs> who bought everything on uh home shopping network you're gonna be one of those people who has a, a modern smart house in the 80s where it has eight track mm -hmm. uh ports in the walls mm. yeah yes the car of the future and it has a like record player on the center console yep. mm -hmm. yeah 
perfect. Love that. I think that oh. actually we should do that instead of whatever's going on now. You should insist. <laughs> you should analog. insist on your outlets being, uh, <laughs> even if we move beyond USB-C, mm-hmm. insist on keeping them. You should have the outlets that have that little spindle that's hollow in the center, the little cylinder-shaped plug that you plug into one of those giant power bricks the way <laughs> <laughs> the way a lot of old electronics had. You know no. what I'm talking about. No, yeah. I don't. <laughs> but the cylinder goes into the device, though, not into the wall. No, but it goes into the power brick, which you plug into the wall. Mm. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. The, or, like, those little, like, figure eight-shaped things that go into the yeah. back of your PlayStation or whatever. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, those are stupid. Anyway, hopefully, uh, next time I record, I will be recording for the new computer. But, Jeff, what have you been doing this week? Uh, I went and saw some films on Friday. Mm. I went to the movies. Um, I In the morning, I went and saw... Uh, the Academy Award-nominated Women Talking, starring Frances McDormand, Claire Foy, uh, Rooney Mara, and a bunch of other people. Uh, ben Wishaw's there. Uh, he's not one, I, He's not one of the women. <laughs> I wanted to see this movie, but I couldn't bring myself to want to watch something where horrible things are happening to women for a long movie when the world is already kind of doing that. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, for what it's, it's the same reason I can't watch Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. Uh, for what it's worth, there are no on-screen depictions of uh, sexual violence, but we there oh, th- there are frequent. Uh, you know, something has just happened that is bad, and you are seeing mm. the uh, wretched aftermath. Didn't um, Rooney Mara and Claire Foy play the same character in something like different? Yes, movies? they were both. Uh, they were both Bob Dylan in that one. <laughs> They were both Lisbeth Salander in different uh, Girl in the Dragon Tattoo, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo movies. But I was confused in this movie because until like halfway through, I was like, hold on. I thought that character was, had this opinion, but no, now she's saying the opposite opinion. Wait, there's two characters that look similar. Okay, one of them's Claire Foy, but who's that other one? Uh, and then the and credits one of them is going to be the new Mara. king of Westeros, yeah. but I can't remember which one's which. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, this movie could easily have been a stage play in the mold of like Twelve Angry Men because it literally mm. is just like half a dozen women sitting in a room talking, uh, and it's excellent, very riveting, very compelling, very good. Uh, right after that, I saw the opposite film in every way, uh, Cocaine Bear, directed by Elizabeth <laughs> oh, Banks. No. Um, oh man. It, I didn't, I actually didn't know until I sat down that, uh, it, and the movie started that it was directed by Elizabeth Banks. Uh, yeah, that was news to me, but I wasn't surprised by it. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed Cocaine Bear. It is fun. It is, uh, just, you know, it's a, it's a romp. It's an, um, I guess action comedy monster movie. Um, <laughs> is it like that- Snakes on a Plane? Because that's what I've heard. I think that it's a little more self-aware than that. Okay. Uh, I think Snakes on a Plane like was a, was going to be a sincere movie, um, mm. and then and then they're they, like, "Oh, you you think we're dumb? We were just kidding." Yeah, exactly. They they <laughs> like uh, what you call it. They did reshoots to like make it silly. I think yeah. Cocaine Bear was point in the to process. At what point in the process did Cobra Starship get involved, before or after the silly? I fucking love that song still, to I this know, day. I know, it kicks ass. Yeah. It's the best part of that movie. Um, Jeff, put that song at the end of the episode, Thanks, please. Jeff. Mm, no. 
There, that's my new tactic. Okay, that's uh, good. Standing up for yourself. <laughs> bizarrely, the third movie directed by Elizabeth Banks after Pitch Perfect 2 I was gonna and say. 2019's Charlie's Angels. Didn't know well, about that yes, one. Okay. I remember that she did do that one. Uh, and then for some reason... This... She was a producer on Power Rangers too, right? I think so. Mm. Uh, I'm not 100% sure. She was in Power Rangers. I know yeah. she was Rita Repulsa, but I think she also was a producer or somehow involved in the making of it. Yeah, mm. it doesn't, I can't tell if she was, uh, if she's, yeah, it doesn't look, she, she might have been a producer. It's not on her Wikipedia, but anyway, Cocaine Bear is fun. It's about a bear who does cocaine, and at several <laughs> points in the movie, um, the cocaine <clears throat> for the bear is treated like spinach for Popeye. Uh, which Ugh. is fun. Like, the bear seems like it's about to be defeated, and then some cocaine hits it in the face, and it gets a second wind, and, ah, uh, delight. Are you rooting for the bear in this? Sometimes. Okay. Um, All right. It's a fitting send-off for Ray Liotta, his, marking his final performance in film. Um, he plays the bear. <laughs> he actually plays the villain of the movie, who is not the eponymous cocaine bear. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, Is he a cocaine dealer or something? Yeah, he's he's involved with the cocaine mm. and why it is. Is he there. a park ranger? <laughs> uh no, Margot Martindale plays the park ranger. Um, huh. she's she very serious basket at any point. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, unfortunately. Oh, uh, that would be a great joke to put in your cocaine bear movie. <laughs> uh it was the weirdest thing about this movie it was um it was based somewhat on a true story. Yes, I remember when this, mm-hmm. the real when the movie rights were purchased somehow from someone um, about this real news story that happened. Yeah, like the news story about Andrew C. Thornton uh, dying, uh, jumping out of a plane, and a bunch of cocaine landing in the woods in Georgia all happened, and a bear did find the cocaine and do the cocaine. Uh, and it was nicknamed Cocaine Bear after being stuffed and put on display uh, in a mall in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, oh, it's also known as Pablo Escobar. No. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. <laughs> uh, uh, they fa- Oh, they found the bear dead, I guess, from having done all the cocaine. Uh, well, yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they'd killed it and stuffed it and put it in a mall. That'd yeah, no, they... <laughs> Either way, the journey. <laughs> Just, I understand the dis- the description you're giving of this movie, but cocaine wouldn't actually give a bear superpowers, <laughs> so you would be able to just be like, "That's an insane bear." There was I'm shoot it with my gun, like I do with all bears. There was a bunch of times where the bear was able to go as fast as a car that was driving away from it because of how much cocaine it had done. That's true, though. Uh, Can't they run, like, 40 miles an hour? Which, I mean, that's not as fast as a car can go, I mean, but when it's starting out... If you do enough cocaine, I feel like you could run 40 <laughs> miles an hour. <laughs> um, anyway, Cocaine Bear is a fun movie, and then I saw Magic Mike's Last Dance, which is a How's completely that? deranged movie. Uh, was it good, seen, though? Guys... I enjoyed Sorry. it. Have you seen any of the Magic Mike's, either of you? Just the first one. No. Uh, Which I liked just fine, but it was so formulaic. It was like uh, Baby's first uh, screenplay, you know? Like, all the beats of it, you're like, yeah, I get it. I get what this movie is. (laughs) Yeah, the first one was sad. Um, You know, uh, Magic Mike is not really the main, main character. Um, 
it's the kid who's like a 19-year-old that gets pulled into the stripping game and everything's really harrowing and dark. Uh, yeah, even when they need comedic. money. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone needs money. Then the sequel, Magic Mike XXL, is has the same sort of naturalistic dialogue and look to it, but nothing is serious in it, and the mm-hmm. plot is thin uh, at best. They're just like, we're going to go to the stripper convention and put on a stripper show. No, we don't have to do it to save the okay. rec center or anything. We just <laughs> want to. Uh, and it's going to be fun. In this one, much like in the third Ant-Man film, the entire secondary cast is ditched in favor of the main character going to a weird land full of new secondary characters who are ultimately inconsequential and forgettable. Um, except instead of the quantum realm, Magic Mike travels to London. Hmm. Pretty okay. much the same. Yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. Uh, Does weird he meet movie, English I strippers? It. What? Does he meet English strippers? Do they get Jason Statham in there or something? Yes, <laughs> I was just thinking Jason Statham. <laughs> no, they hired only professional Interest dancers Elba. to play the, uh, to play the strippers oh, in this one. He has to teach them to be, to do stripping. You know what they should have done? They should have worked it into the full Monty universe. He should have met some of those guys. Yeah, he should have met the Monty. Billy Elliot verse. Yeah, him and Billy Elliot and uh, <laughs> Monty from the full Monty should have teamed up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, I uh, the dancing in Magic Mike's Last Dance is easily the best in the series. There's at the, the beginning and the end, like the sexiest dance that I've seen in a movie. Uh, mm-hmm. happens twice in this movie. So, <laughs> if you're looking for that, that's something. I kind of like how I think maybe we're getting back into an era of you want to go to the movies to see a big spectacle. It doesn't have to be like a emotionally yeah. touching movie. So, we should get back into like Busby Berkeley water musicals and stuff. Like, people just want to see some things. We should mm. just be doing that now. Yeah, there's there's an interesting sociological phenomenon where the harder things are in life, the yeah. more people want to see like big flashy spectacles. Yeah. Um, and I think it's very interesting that during the Great Depression is when all of those uh, like Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers things, and the big golden age of Hollywood stuff was happening, and now we're getting back into like big dumb movies for dumb idiots <laughs> well uh, even even separately i think then it was like forget your life for a couple hours come see the movies mm-hmm. and which is still true but also i think it's the idea that you can see a lot of the good movies very quickly at home after they come out in theaters if they come out in theaters at all but yeah. why would you go to a theater then for a big like circus performance thing yeah Mm-hmm. Uh, Magic Mike's Last Dance was originally slated for HBO Max only, but mm-hmm. I think got pushed mm-hmm. to theatrical release because Warner Bros. is uh, self-imploding. Yeah. Um, no, because somebody watched it and they're like, this has to be on the big screen. <laughs> yeah, sure. We can't, we can't rob the world of this experience. Um, I feel the way uh, that is best expressed in a tweet by a person named Mike Jin. He says... Why must a movie be good? Is it not enough to sit somewhere dark and see a beautiful face, huge? Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about. That's why I go to the theater. I don't. I just want to see some people on the screen. I want to see Thanos's purple head, eighty feet high. 
I want to. I want you to do one of those Nicole Kidman. This is why we come to the movies speeches, but about the things you go to the movies for. I well, I genuinely love that ad because I feel unironically all of those feelings, except not about Jurassic World and Wonder Woman, the movies that yeah. she's going to see. Like, take us somewhere we've never been before, and then it shows us the fifth Jurassic Park movie. <laughs> Yeah, we've never yeah, been there like before. So many times. <laughs> but Jeff, you you also said you unironically liked the second Avatar movie, so you do want that. You are looking for that in movies, right? But you know, it was only the second Avatar movie. Oh, okay. So you want to go somewhere that you have been before once, but not three times. Right, but it's like, the guy who made Avatar was like, I want to do more of that. It wasn't like some company somewhere was like, hey, Avatar was pretty successful, let's do our own Avatar. I think it's different <laughs> if it's the same guy. I think they're both really stupid. I think <laughs> that's fine. true for, for the Golden Age as well, though. You go like, oh, this movie also stars... Uh, Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, I know what to expect. Yeah. Or like, like the Star Wars prequels are bad, but there is something special about them in that they're bad because George Lucas went insane. Yeah. Like, they're- yeah, They're a special edition, you might say. <laughs> they're bad in the way that, like, is expressive of who he was as an, mm -hmm. as an artist at the time. Yes! I agree with this so much, because this is the difference for me between, like, folk art and, like, um, AI art. If a person is doing a bad job of art, that is fascinating. If a computer is right. doing it, who cares? <laughs> yeah. This is why, in general, like, a bad movie is not something I'm interested in. Um, like, I don't want to see someone who's bad at a craft doing the craft badly because that's the best they can do. But I am interested to see someone who is a total master of the craft doing a bad job because they're insane. Yes. Like cats, like the Star Wars prequels. <laughs> see, I hear what you're saying there, but I think the problem is that, like, with cats, the movie maker was a good movie maker who was insane. You're right. But most of the failings of it were people who work on, like, special effects being forced to work under uh, non-ideal conditions. Right. This, and that shit sucks. That does suck, and those uh, aspects do contribute to it. I also maintain that all of the actors who really put their whole damn hearts into the movie uh, contribute largely to how bad the film is. I mean, yes. that's true, but they, literally every actor that signed up for that movie only did so because they wanted to, like, fuck each other, right? Like, every actor who's ever been in Cats, in any form of Cats, only did so to get laid. We I, all know this to be true. I don't believe that anyone who was in the film Cats, except maybe Idris Elba, has ever been fully nude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could buy that. Wasn't Jason Derulo fully nude in the movie Cats? <laughs> <laughs> uh, his his feline crotch does hump the camera many times. I feel bad for that guy because he does a hell of a job in that movie. He's like yeah. a ve he's actually a very good singer, <laughs> but his pop career is garbage, and he definitely won't have an acting career after being in Cats. 
What's yeah. funny is you see it there, and then you're like, oh, like, he's constructed this persona where he's, like, a cool pop music guy. He's a fucking theater kid. And yeah. when you see him in Cats, you're like, oh, no, this is what he loves. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Ah, uh, it's a shame. Uh, anyway, that's, uh, that's my feeling on movies, is if I see it in the theater, I'm probably, my worst opinion of it is gonna be, yeah, that was fun. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. What are we doing? I don't know. No? Oh, we want to argue with me about movies. Yes, give me. (laughs) Well, I was just going to say, sometimes when I'm in a movie, I feel like the the fact that I've gone to the movie theater and gone through all the process to get there, if the movie is really wasting my time on purpose, it makes me extra annoyed. Hmm, You know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I like going to the movie theater. That's, I just, I enjoy... It's easier yeah. for me to pay attention to a movie if I am in a big dark room where I'm not allowed to do anything else and none of my objects are nearby. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I love going to the movie theater. I think it's more a matter of, I, I think you're right that I'm more forgiving of, you know, plot problems or scripting problems and things like that in a movie theater. But when there are pacing problems in a movie that I'm watching in a theater, it really feels like I'm like, how much longer is this fucking movie going to be? Yeah. Yeah. I want to do other things with my life. Yeah, that's that happens. Um, I was actually yeah. surprised. I I kind of hesitated and put off seeing Avatar 2 because it was over three hours long. Then I went to go see it, and mm-hmm. when it ended, I was like, really? Already? That was already three hours? Wow. Uh, yeah, I gotta say, when I went to see Titanic last week, I was like, oh god, this is gonna be a long one. But it didn't feel long, it felt normal. Yeah, it's, it's, man, it's James Cameron, man. He's, yeah. he he makes a two and a half hour James movie. James Cameraman. <laughs> Ooh, topical. Ooh, James Cameraman. He makes a two and a half hour movie starring Arnold Schwarzenegger feel like a quick and tidy little 90 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, he's a good filmmaker and a terrible scriptwriter. Both, Louisa. All three. You were going to say which which Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? No, I was going to say which the Batman franchise could not do. Uh, That Batman and Robin, was it, with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger? Felt like it lasted forever. Oh oh my god, that's true. I thought, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> every, almost every Batman movie that's ever been made has felt too long. Even if they're good, you're like, this is, you're really, you're really hamming it up here, Batman. Yeah. Come on. The Dark Knight goes on too long, largely because it's like two plots condensed into one, so it reaches like a yeah. satisfying conclusion halfway through and then keeps going. It's so, <laughs> it's so funny because I... I still think that might be the best Batman movie ever made. Yeah. The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. And yet, when Jen and I were watching through all of the Batman movies from the beginning, we got to that one, and that's the one we stopped at, because Jen was like, how is this movie only a quarter of the way over? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, no, you're not wrong. Oh, man. You have to be it's in a- It's so long and boring for lots of it. You have to be even in an altered so state good. of mind where you can appreciate oh, it, yeah. not just on vibes. Yeah. Ugh. But what do we do on this show? Good question. Well, on this show, we go to the WikiHow suggested articles page and enter a random word to see a list of articles people have requested related to that word. And then we provide advice on how to do those things. And today's word is glory. Dun, dun, dun. We'll finally do it. We'll teach you how to achieve glory, how to find a glory hole near you. I was going to say how to make a glory hole in your own home. First of all, no mention of glory holes. 
So I guess that's Thank good. Goodness. Coward. Second of all, what was it we were talking about last week. Oh, glory um, boxes are called yeah. glory boxes. No mention of those. I don't think either. Well, of course not. We're not in Australia. <laughs> and third of all, the movie Glory? No, not that either. So, nope. none of these things that first came <laughs> A to A lot mind. of questions about Morning Glory's the plan. Yeah, which is strange which is to me. weird, because who cares? Are they well, good? Uh, they're pretty. I think they're pretty. But a lot so of them are how to grow them. And they are a weed. You don't need to worry yeah. about it. You get some seeds yeah, and they will do everything else for you. <laughs> so you- Yeah, that's what I meant when I said, are they good? I mm. feel like most of what I've heard is people trying to get rid of them. So you yeah, want to know what the story is with Morning Glories? Mm. Mm. What's the word, hummingbird? Hummingbird? Mockingbird? I thought it was what's the word on the street and then it turns into other lyrics. No. Hmm. I don't know, man. What is this from? What's a the musical? story of Morning Glory? What's the word Mockingbird or something like that? What is this from again? Oh. I don't know. It's like an old 50s like nursery rhyme thing. <laughs> an old 50s nursery rhyme. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 50s is old. <laughs> it's older than you. Well, that's true. I can't argue Ooh, with that. burn. Gotcha there. <laughs> I like how to grow a Morning Glory teepee because that's fun. I know what that is. That's where you just put up a pole and then put up some cords to attach to the top of it, like a tent shaped, and then oh, you and then they grow. grow up yes, like the dress from Midsummer. I haven't seen it. No. You don't remember the memes where she's in a big tent shaped dress made of flowers? I've seen her with yeah, that headdress. Those are obviously fake, but they're not meant to be in the, in this fiction of the, <laughs> the in the world. Come and on. all those corpses, I bet those weren't real either. <laughs> Yeah, they might have been, though. You don't know. Mm, I guess that's true. It was like a rumor that they used a bunch of real bodies to make that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a Faces of Death type thing. Where <laughs> I do like at the end of that movie, spoilers for, Mor- for Morning Glory. Summer, for Morning Glory. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like at the end of that movie when they're setting up the like final cabin or whatever, and they bring out all of the bodies of the people that they killed through the course of the movie, and then they just bring out a bunch of other bodies, and they're like, yeah, these are people we killed before you got here. This is a rounding error. Yeah. yeah. Oh, love that film. We're, we're also that claiming these on our taxes. Yeah. <clears throat> um, there's also a bunch of stuff about a game called Glory to Rome. Have you heard of this? Because I haven't. Is this a video game? No. Probably. Probably. So. There's also a lot of questions about the game Quest for Glory, which I have played a little bit of. That, that that's good? a point-and-click guy? Yeah, it's, um... It was a an old old PC game, and then they did a remaster of it, like in like two thousand and five or something. So I played the remaster, and uh, yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, it's like it's very much in the vein of a Lucas Artsy type point and click, like a Loom or an, a Monkey Island. Hmm. Um, I mean, if you like those games, it's not bad. I, I haven't played a ton of it. But I think you can get the, a package of all of them on good old games for like six dollars, and there's like twelve games. Yeah, so, I do like those games, Louisa. I bet you would enjoy them. Yeah. So almost every mention of that we see on here is Quest for Glory Four. Is that like the good one? I guess so. Yeah. Hmm. Um, the thing that's fun about them is that you start the game by making your character, so you choose a class. And so if you're like a wizard, the solution to puzzles might be different than if you're a rogue, where you would instead you'd have to steal something instead of using magic to solve problems. So every puzzle is solvable by every class, but in different ways, which is quite quite innovative for a game that old. Yeah. It is fun. 
Sounds pretty good. Yeah, it's a little slow-paced for a modern gamer such as myself. Um, I mean, honestly, if I didn't have any nostalgia for Loom and played Loom today, I think I would feel the same way. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, there, if, if you don't mind it being a little slower paced than you're used to, then it's a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. I'm I concerned about those point and clicks. Yeah, that's just like... I don't know. It's there's a dullness to it that I I have found yeah. intolerable in adulthood for some reason. Yeah, there was. Th- I'm sorry. Go on, Louisa. There's a lot of experimentation in those games where you're supposed to just like not know what to do for a while and go and try different things, which can get frustrating. Weirdly, I feel like the biggest challenge for me, even though I do like to read in general and I read dialogue in games all the time, is that so much of those games have to do with reading and understanding the descriptions of things in the text of the game. Mm -hmm. And I just want to click through the the text boxes so much, because there's so many of them. (laughs) Yeah. So you'll go into a place and you'll be like, "Uh uh uh-huh, uh-huh, I get it. And then you look around and you can't solve the puzzle, but it's because in the description you skip past, it's like, there's a hole in the floor that you can fit your finger in, maybe, but you just didn't read that part, and that's very frustrating. Yeah, it must be hard to write those games because the good ones will, as you as you don't know what to do, they'll give you better and better hints. Yes, around like like you say, like there's a crack in the floor. Can you see it on your monitor? You probably can, but maybe you don't notice. But if you click on the floor, it might say, "Oh, you know, there's a crack over there. Is there something in the bottom?" And as you mm. like click again, it's like, "Hey, I wonder if that coat hanger you have in your pocket, you could use it in the hole." Like those types of things that must be insane to write. Yes. And it would it must have taken so much writing because you have to write for every contingency of yeah like everything somebody might click on Ugh. <laughs> and there's always for whatever game there's always a line of dialogue that they write that's like you can't use that here and you get so upset with that line by the end of the game because you're <laughs> clicking the wrong thing all the time <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, because the problem is that it's a game that simultaneously forces you to experiment because, like, you're never going to figure out use rubber chicken on zip line. Yeah. But that's what you need to do. So you do need to experiment with every item you have every time you encounter anything. Yeah. But then it also punishes you by making you read so much text. Like... I would be so much happier if it just made a sound when something didn't work and you were like, okay, guess that didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> it's always like, you tried that thing and it didn't work. Sorry, try again. Like, yeah. I have to read the same message five million <laughs> times. You have to hear Sam and Max say, oh, I don't know if I should use that right now. You're like, shut yeah. up. Shut up, Max. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I can't build there, says your little soldier in StarCraft because you Oh, now you're making me think about us. You're making me think about a StarCraft point-and-click game, and that would be pretty good. Would it be a noir like all point-and-clicks are? (laughs) You both asked a question over each other, and I couldn't really understand what either of you were saying, but I feel like neither question warranted a response. You're correct. No, I I did. (laughs) I said this not knowing what Louisa said. Uh, oh, I've already <laughs> forgotten what I said. I got distracted by okay. the fact that we talked at the same time and it erased all of my memories. <laughs> uh, no, what I said was, is it going to be a noir like all pointed clicks are? Oh. Um, I suppose so. I mean, I guess it depends on how you define noir. A, point, a pointed click adventure. 
is how I divide. You could have a woman walk in, a mysterious woman walk into your office, and it be that one woman that is the queen of the Zerg. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. Okay, what's her name? You know what I'm talking about, Jeff. I I know Louisa does. Rita Repulsa. Can imagine. Is this the lady who's on the cover of Brood War? Yes. I do not know who that is. I don't know the name of the guys from Starcraft. The story is that the Zerg are these aliens that uh, conquer different planets and kill everything on it and turn everything on it into more of themselves but they have like their dna is unstable so when they conquer when they kill other life forms they like mutate into versions of those life forms so that's why there's so many different kinds of zerg um and at one point a human scout was captured by the zerg and killed and then the queen of the zerg mutated into like having her memories and stuff, but she's still a Zerg, and it's very scary. Oh, it's a good game. Sarah Kerrigan okay. is the c- there lady you go. on the cover. <laughs> Queen of Blades. Yeah. Queen guess. of Blades. That's the one. That's a good name. Yep, that's a good game. Okay. Both games are good. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, how to save Rusalka in Quest for Glory Four? Did you do that? No, I have not played that far Ooh. into any of them. Mm. But you probably just have to keep trying stuff. Yeah. Just click all of the stuff in your inventory mm-hmm. on it and see what happens. Use yeah, looking glass on Rusalka. Yep. How to ch- Here's what I would do. Okay. Go to Game Facts and type in Quest for Glory 4 walkthrough. And then click on that and do a find in document and type in Rusalka. Yeah, that'll probably do it. Uh, yep. How do you guys usually charge your Amulet of Glory? Uh, I like to find a freshly dug grave okay. uh-huh. uh, of a man who was hung for a crime he didn't commit, okay. obviously. Yeah, no, that goes without saying. Yep, and then dig it up so that I can cut his hand off, mm-hmm. and then I let it cure in the moonlight until the fat turns into a candle. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Is that how you do this? Yeah, Are you making is. a hand of glory? Okay. <laughs> well, then you let well, it hold the amulet, you see. Yes, exactly. <laughs> But don't make any wishes on that hand of glory, or it will bring your dead son back to life as a zombie. <laughs> well, it will imply that it did that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's how that's how Matt does it. But the way I like to do it is, I plug it into a USB port, but I don't have the correct thing, so I need a USB mm-hmm. USB C dongle. So once mm-hmm. I and order then it that, charging slowly, and you're like, "What the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> what do you mean? This, I just Why? got this cable. Why are you charging slowly? Uh, it takes forever." Hmm. Fun. This is and fun. Jeff, how do you do yours? Uh, oh, I don't have one. I don't believe in that. <laughs> you don't believe in electricity. Uh, I don't I believe in like... glory. I think that it's uh, <laughs> against God to seek glory. Do you remember that commercial uh, for, I think it was for like insurance or something, that had... Um, a basketball player who liked to swat things away when people were throwing things into... Oh, yeah. Receptacles. Yes. Um, That's me. Sometimes with I jokes. feel like Jeff is that in this show. <laughs> I just when you try to make a joke and he just says no. I just thought it would be fun if I, the person who suggested it, was like, "Oh no, no, I'm above that." <laughs> and I was right. It was very funny. Yeah. I did kind of put you on the spot by turning the question back on you when maybe you didn't expect. No, it. I deserved it. And I, mm. I feel like I, I did well uh, deflecting it in a way that was humorous. 
Uh, oh man, I remember recording this episode um, mm-hmm. that we're doing commentary on right now in the future. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was so tired that I day. had a I had real <laughs> beef with one of my co-stars, but mm-hmm. I won't say which one. Yeah. Well, thankfully, we cut them out of the episode. Mm-hmm. And every previous episode. Yeah. And we'll never mention them by name ever at all. Mm-hmm. Take that, her. Doug. Ah! Oh, shit. Sorry. <laughs> You've invoked the wretched Bleep Doug. Bleep that out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, wiped from the face of history. That's true. The problem with this list is there are three things on it, three type, yeah, types of things. It's <laughs> all Morning Glory or Quest for Glory. <laughs> or Glory to Rome, which I was raised. Going to Buy a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I was raised going to gifted class on Wednesdays on a separate mm-hmm. bus in elementary school. Brag, brag. Well. You did this too. <laughs> yeah, but I would never say it to an audience because that's gauche. <laughs> My point is, the idea of gifted class at the time was like, uh, what if we gave kids a classical education? Is that good? Mm-hmm. So we learned a ton about ancient Greece and Rome, which I loved. Yep. But the idea of a game called Glory to Rome sounds fascist to me. It certainly does. I thought you were going to say that uh, Gifted Class, a lot of it was them not knowing what to do with these students, so they just let us play Odell Lake on the one PC that we had. Yeah, or you had beanbag chairs and it was always free reading period. Oh, (laughs) delightful. Yeah. I, um, you guys remember Odell Lake? No. Did you guys ever I play had it? Odell Down Under, uh, which was the sequel oh. where you're in the mm. ocean in the Great Barrier Reef. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Did you encounter crocs? I don't think they have those in the Great Barrier Reef. Mm, Sharks, though. Down Under. Down Under really has the promise of there being crocodiles. Because of the hunter and the Dundee. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's like w- the main thing about Australia, I feel No, like. this was a saltwater environment, which I don't think contains... Uh, there are ocean crocodiles. Sharks are ocean crocodiles. Ooh. Ooh. I like this. Explore this more. Um, mm-hmm. There are sharks in Australia in the water, and they're dangerous, and they're like crocodiles in the way that they would kill you without thinking twice about it. Mm-hmm. And if you killed their son... Then they would mm-hmm. follow you halfway across the earth to kill you. Yeah, just exactly. like in Jaws. In Jaws four, yeah, they get the sun. They go to the Caribbean, mate. right? But then the shark shows up anyway. But which shark is it? Is it because I know that obviously they kill the shark in the first one, yeah. and then this one is the either the mother or the wife of the shark that they killed in the first one. <laughs> yeah, the shark wife. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's the best December album. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> This show is stupid. <laughs> That's why people like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess. Do people like it? I don't know. I don't know. They should. I don't think they should. No, they should. No, this is the thing. Oh. Every podcaster needs to be convinced that they people should be listening to their show. Yeah. Uh-huh. This is the best That's podcast the first step. in the world, and we're all perfect <laughs> angels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, well, I guess if you liked listening to the best podcast in the world, then you should keep <laughs> listening to it, and you should uh, subscribe to us and rate us on your podcatcher of choice. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter, at HackTheNetPod, or you can talk to us on our Discord, uh, where you can actually have a conversation with us. You just need to message us on Mastodon, and you can get an invite. I'm at Matt Heron at Mastodon.online. Uh, I'm not... Anywhere, ever. Weaponizedlanguage.com has all my podcasts, though. Okay. 
And I'm on Mastodon at Louisa at Mastodon.xyz. And as earlier mentioned, I do have a podcast where I talk about food with a friend of mine who also loves to cook. And that show is called No Substitutions, please. Please and thank you. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening to the show. Please come back next week. But in the meantime, do not forget that everything I've said is correct. Fly high, you wicked angels. I'm the best around. Jeff, you're getting very close to doing, like, My Chemical Romance lyrics as your sign-off. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of what, what is this like. thing you've said, Jeff? I don't know. Just oh, okay. Happened. <laughs> All right.